Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to welcome back Lottie Carr. Lottie is a two-time guest here on the podcast, and she is also a director with Darden Center for Global Initiatives. Lottie and I recently sat down to talk about some of the recent global updates to our executive MBA program. So if you're interested in all the places you could potentially go with our executive MBA program, this episode is a must listen. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Lottie Carr. Lottie, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much, Fred. All right. So you are a repeat guest here on the podcast. Tell us uh, about you. I know some of our listeners who listened to your earlier episode know a little bit about you, but we may also have some new listeners out there. Uh, so my name is Lottie Carr, and I work at the Dartmouth Business School at the Center for Global Initiatives. Uh, my role is exclusively to work with the executive MBA students on the global experiences at Darden. The global experiences could be the global residencies, it can be the global consulting projects, and sometimes we have a a global uh, visitation of our partner schools. So um, a lot that you do here. Uh, You have the good fortune to travel with our executive format students as they go around the world. Um, What do you enjoy about that time with the students? Uh, what I enjoy is that with each new group, it's a totally new eyes in the country. It is completely new way to see each country. Yes, I've been in many countries many, many times, but when I come with a new group of students, it's I see the country through their eyes for the first time, and I enjoy seeing how students are reacting to the country, how what they experience is, what questions they have, and often they actually enrich my own experience by being there. Many of them might be already traveling there for the second time. Some of them might be for the first time. And so we all make their experience richer by just being there together. So we talk about this often that you have on these trips some very experienced travelers and you have some real novice travelers, perhaps folks who uh, have never been outside the United States or have only been out of the U.S. a little bit. Um, that is, I'm sure, interesting from a, a management standpoint, right? Because you've got to you got to meet all students where they are. Absolutely, but I see that as a great opportunity. I really do. What I see is that the students who traveled a lot. I have things to learn from them. And the students who never left the United States, uh, we are here to be with them and show them the beauty outside of the United States. What you will find also at our global trips that often um, the students who traveled a lot are a great resource to our students uh, who never traveled. And what I love is the supportive nature of our programs. I often actually get students who, let's say, been in Europe or maybe visited Canada, and they will say, you know what, I really would like to go to India, or I will challenge myself to go all the way to Japan. And they wanted to do it for the first time with us because they know the support is there and they will be able to experience the country, enjoy the country, enjoy the country with their classmates, and then feel safe and feel very much ready to explore. 
So our listeners uh, may be noticing from your accent that you are, are not from the United States what originally. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit more about about your story. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from Czech Republic. Uh, I came to the United States about 25 years ago, but I came here as an adult. So I was told that I cannot lose my accent. Clearly, I gave up on trying. Um, I actually asked at UVA to attend a um, accent reduction classes, but they would not accept me. They said that my English was understandable enough that they would not accept me for the classes. So if you come to our program, you will hear my accent every time we talk in global. So I hope you will understand me, but feel free to correct me because I do take still a guidance every single time when I speak, when I write. So I appreciate it. So the question is, when are we going to have the global residency to the Czech Republic? Oh, it's coming up. It's coming up. I'm very excited. It will not be a purely Czech Republic. It will be in combination with uh, Germany, which I think it's a fantastic combination uh, because you will visit actually the east part of the Germany, Berlin, and then you will uh, visit a, a Prague, which is also part of the Eastern Bloc, and you will see the difference and you will have the compare and contrast between a country that got absorbed by um, the sister, you know, West Germany and now became one big Germany and how that looks like you know, 25, 30 years ago uh, when the wall fell down. And now you will see Czech Republic, who didn't have that much support from any other big country and where the economy is going there. So I'm super excited about that combination. Well, that is a natural segue to what's one of the bigger news items we've had come out of our executive MBA program for some time. Uh, we've had different innovations over the past uh, couple years. So uh, big news last year was both sections will now be based in, in the Washington, D.C. area, which is going very, very well. It's, it's exciting to have all the students together. Uh, so often throughout the program, the energy during those weekend residencies is incredible, 135 or so students all in Roslyn at Saints Family Grounds. We also changed the start time uh, of those weekend residencies, sort of a, a smaller change, but I think one that has a lot of benefit for students. We now start on Fridays uh, for our once-a-month weekend residencies, start on Fridays at noon and wrap up around 3 on Sundays. Um, so that was one of the bigger stories, uh, but nothing quite on the level as uh, the global updates we recently announced. So uh, there was a nice article in the Darden Report. Uh, we've been rolling out a Got a blog post coming about coming out about it on the admissions blog. An email uh, to go in the in the next week or so. Um, big big news. But I want to let you talk about this. Yes, I am so excited. This is really one of the biggest news uh, in the executive MBA program. We always had a four staple countries that students, executive MBA students could visit. And that was Brazil, China, India, and West, uh, Germany and France in Western Europe. But now... Now we will be offering 12 different countries. We will be on all continents. I could list the countries, shall I? Yes, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's an incredible list. And the only caveat, you know, I think it's worth, worth mentioning is, you know, the, the countries could change for, for very, various reasons. But I think the thing that comes through is the breadth of, of places. And as you note, every continent except Antarctica, I guess. 
Well, yes, we're not going there. Uh, but uh, every every other continent where humans are living year round, let's let's qualify that. Uh, yes, and and you cor- you are correct. Uh, Countries can change, and they could even change when you are already a Darden. And the reason is there might be a civil unrest. Like now, right now we have a Chile on our docket uh, to be one of the global residencies, but there is an unrest right now. So we will be a little bit flexible. If things are happening, uh, you will always know ahead of time. But what I love about our current lineup, and I will tell you very quickly, it's uh, Brazil, Chile, China, Israel, India, combination of Finland and Estonia, Ghana, Japan, Czech Republic, Germany combination, Australia, Vietnam, and Cuba. And those countries, if you decide to do the Gamba format, you will have an opportunity to pick and choose how you want to do your global experience here at Darden. Um, when I was actually thinking about what I can tell you about all these different combinations, just few came to my mind. You can visit in each residency you can visit a country in Asia. So that would be the combination China, India, Japan, Vietnam. Or you can visit countries that are small in population and small in size, which would be Finland, Estonia, uh, Czech Republic, Cuba. Uh, Ghana is there as well. You can visit countries that are uh, maybe more focused on entrepreneurship. That would be Germany. That would be Ghana. That would be Brazil. Uh, So you can create your own experience exactly what would work for you, what would work with your schedule, what would work with your interests, what would work with your profession. So let's uh, get in the nuts and bolts of this. So we talked about 10, 12 global residency locations. Um, and so one of, one of the things that also is part of this is the global residency trips have shifted a little bit later in the schedule. So uh, some of our listeners may have previously heard discussions around domestic and global quarters and may remember this vocabulary. That no longer applies. Um, the global residencies are now offered between quarters and students are no longer doing a combination of core curriculum and cultural and business experiences abroad. It's all focused on that location. Do you want to to talk about that change? Absolutely. Um, This is another great change, I think, in our global residencies. Uh, What will happen is that instead of having half day in a country that would be focused on your core courses and afternoons visiting businesses and having speakers, now all our time in the country, it's focused on visiting companies, having industry speakers, having speakers from the politics sphere, having uh, speakers from the culture, uh, visiting uh, culture um, events, and um, seeing the country as it whole. What I enjoy about it is that we will have much richer experience. We would often hear than our older program it was limited by just the afternoon really being in the country. Now you will have no other courses, no no responsibilities when it comes to curriculum uh, when you are in the country. Also, the start of our travel will not be in the fall, right when you come to school. It will start in after uh, quarter three, which is uh, in late February. So it will give you a time to... 
um, experience your new life as an executive MBA student, get everything set, and then you will be traveling for the first time. That's a great point. So uh, to give you a little bit more detail about the sort of timing of these trips, there's four travel periods. Uh, one after quarter three, as, as Lottie noted, uh, for our class of 2022. Uh, it sounds very futuristic to say that, but for our class of 2022, the first travel period will be February 2021. Uh, then four months later, uh, after quarter five, uh, in June of 2021, four months later, after quarter seven, uh, it's uh, October uh, 2021. And then the last travel period will be after quarter nine, um, and that's, again, February uh, of 2022. And 2022. so um, those are the travel periods. Uh, you have heard the full menu of places that we're going. Uh, bear in mind, though, that typically two to three trips will be offered in each travel period, and the trips will occur simultaneously. Uh, so if you're traveling, say, after quarter three, you can't go on all three trips that are offered there. You can only go on one of them. Uh, Gimba students will obviously travel on one trip in each of the travel periods. Gimba format students are, are required to do one global residency. Um, and global residencies are, are week-long, uh, but you can add additional global residencies uh, as an IMBA format student. I think that's one of the nice benefits of this sort of expanded roster is it now it's much easier for IMBA format students to have an additional global experience or two. Um, thoughts on that, Lottie? Uh, absolutely. And the other part which uh, you didn't say it, it's that actually now with the new program, uh, because we have more locations, we the dr- groups traveling there will be smaller. So we will be limiting the groups to 30 to 35 students for each location, which proves to us that it's actually much easier to visit the companies and to have a really cohesive group to travel in the country. But because we'll be three different countries visiting, uh, traveling at the same time, technically it could be up to 90 or over 100 students traveling for each global residency. Yeah, so uh, in that period, you're, you're right. Across the three trips, you could have a total of you know 100 and 105 students, if my if my math is right, uh, traveling, which is it's fantastic. And you think about they'll come back together uh, that that subsequent quarter and talk about where they've been. I think mean, it's always been part of sort of goal with this is that people go around the world and they come back and they have that shared experience with their classmates. And for the people who didn't travel with them on that trip, they have a chance to learn uh, about that. Um, so if you're if you're thinking about our MBA format, our executive MBA format, and you're thinking, gosh, an additional global residency sounds great. I might want to do, I don't know if I can do the full four uh, for Gimba, but I might want to do a second one. Um, That would be for an additional charge of around $4,200. But I think a lot of students think about, gosh, when am I going to be in school like this again? When am I going to have an opportunity to do a trip like this? Um, Lottie, as you noted, these aren't exactly tourist experiences. They are not a tourist experiences. So if you have a country on your bucket list because you want to visit the beaches and you wanted to uh, visit all the different temples, and then I would say, yes, come with us, but add a few days before or a few days after the residency, because those are the things we are not doing during the global residency. What we're trying to do during each global residency to take you to places that would be either very hard or almost impossible for you to visit. Often those are very special locations uh, where we have our corporate partners, where we have our alumni, where we have just a very special access. So those are the places where we will be taking you where you will not get as a private person. 
So I've had the good fortune of, of doing some prospective student networking dinners over the past few weeks uh, where I get to see current students and alumni. And they ask, well, how, how are things going with the program? Any updates I should know about? And I've told them about this update. And to a person, they're like... Is it too late to, to re-enroll? Can I come back? Or uh, is this available for the class of 2020? Uh, any, any way we can participate? I think one of the great things about, about these updates is that they were all very much inspired by student feedback, uh, which strikes me as, you know, that's what our culture is about here. Um, but to a person, they're like, gosh, that sounds great. Smaller group sounds great. Mm-hmm. You know, having, you know, we've traditionally traveled with 60, 65 students, maybe even even a little bit more than that on these global residencies. That's two buses. That's, you know, occasionally students having to choose between two different company visits or three different company visits uh, due to size. Um, in addition, I think we heard pretty resoundingly uh, from students that they wanted more global choice. And so here we are. Here we are, and I think it's very, very exciting uh, change. And uh, if you join us for the class of 2022, I think you will be really amazed how all this is coming together. Uh, we have experiences in many of these countries because we already go there with our residential students. So this will not be new to Darden, but it will be just new to the executive MBA program. Yeah, so one of the sort of outcomes of these global updates is that the schedule for our executive formats, our EMBA format and GIMBA format, perhaps more similar than they ever have been. Mm -hmm. Um, So now um, all students have the same number of weekend residencies. Uh, So both, you know, all formats students, this is an interesting thing about our program. I think we get this question on the the phone a lot from prospective students. Uh, Are EMBA and GIMBA students separate? You know, uh, are they in class together? And the answer is they are absolutely in class together. So if you come for a weekend residency, unless you ask somebody, are you an EMBA or GIMBA format student? You wouldn't no. Um, and that's going to be even more the case because, again, everybody comes to Charlottesville at the beginning and end of the program for the week-long leadership residencies, LR1, LR2. Uh, there's 20 weekend residencies, again, on this once-a-month cadence. All Imba and Gimba format students do that as well. Uh, distance learning, a couple nights a week between 7 and 8.30 uh, typically. And then the difference is really just the number of global residencies. So we noted earlier, Imba format students Required to do one, some flexibility to do a second or third global residency if you would, if you would like. Um, and then, of course, again, before math students, uh, they do four global residencies. Uh, so that's really the, the difference. So it's time schedule is, is really kind of the, the, the difference. Days out of the office is a little bit mm-hmm. different. Uh, and how much global experience you want. You talk to a lot of people who are thinking about Gimba. Yes. Um, what's your What's your pitch? Um, my pitch is that usually you go for the first one and then you say, oh, I want to do more. And if any of you have a chance to talk to our current students, you know, class of 18, 19, 20, 21, uh, just ask them about the global residency. And I bet you that all you will hear is like, do Gemba. Because after you experience one, you will be ready to, to do more. And I know that often it sounds I cannot put anything more on my plate when I'm starting as a student. But when you start, then you will just see that the time, it's kind of stretchy. And then you are able to actually fit more than you think. 
That's very true. Um, we have a record number of Gimba format students in our class of 2021. Uh, we've tr- traditionally had somewhere between 25 to say 30 Gimba mm-hmm. format students. This most recent class, we ended up with 41. I think a lot of that was uh, the result of Gimba <laughs> format students saying, "Hey, you really should think about this. If you if if you want to do uh, more than one global experience, you know, really think hard about Gimba. I wish I wish." I, I would have been a Gimba student, and I think I think we know know that from past experience. Once people do one global residency, and I think that's that's going to absolutely be the case. I mean, just listen to the, the lineup of countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I, I get asked the question a lot as to why students choose one or the other, and, and I think sometimes students land on Imba just out of schedule and time. Mm-hmm. You know, looking to minimize days. Class days away from work and home, and say, "Look, both the formats are global. I'm going to have a global experience." So, you know, ultimately, though, schedule and time. I want to. I want to minimize my time away. So, Emba makes sense. Um, Gimba students uh, have that sort of max maximum uh, sort of orientation and last educational experience, likely for the major educational experience. Why not do as much as you can, see as much as you can, and so when are you going to have an opportunity to do something like this again? And, and those are the those are the things that we oftentimes here, but to Lottie's point, Emba students oftentimes later on are like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah, wish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, so let's let's talk about the role that that these global experiences play in the executive MBA program, because, you know, I, I think one of the things that students oftentimes wonder is like, do all of our students, you know, work for international companies or, you know, have I mean, we have a required global experience. Uh, for all executive format students, uh, not all executive MBA programs have a required global experience. Um, how do you think about this? Oh, I think it's absolutely crucial that uh, everybody have a global experience. And the reason for that is that even if you work, let's say, for a small company or you are running your own business, before you know it, you are affected by anything that is happening in the global in the global markets and just going there, uh, it gives you the opportunity to experience it. Uh, also living in the United States, if you are coming from United States, you know, you meet people from all around the world. They might be your employees actually going to a country where your employees might be coming from and experiences the different uh, culture norms. It will just give you much more uh, appreciation of why people do things certain way. I always find when we travel on the global residencies and we visit companies, um, a different style of leadership, different style of hierarchy, different style of uh, dealing with a team, de- dealing with uh, human resources, different style of uh, treating the environment, different uh, opportunities of uh, um, how you work with multiple language groups. Uh, all of that just comes to such a clear picture. Um, we now I'm I'm an American as well. Um, uh, I believe that we are living in a country where pretty much everybody speaks English. English is very international language. But then go to a country where people may not understand you, and you will have to communicate through simultaneous translation, and just experience that. I think it's completely invaluable. So. 
you and I get to take a trip together. Yes. Uh, we are getting <laughs> ready to go to Brazil. I'm excited. This is the first time I've ever been to Brazil. I've uh, been sort of asking my colleagues who traveled there, you know, what's it like? And uh, talked with some of our students who went on the trip or will be going on the trip. They're all very excited. Um, I'm excited to be up close and personal with a global residency. Um, what do you enjoy about the Brazil global residency? Brazil Global Residency, it's fantastic. Uh, we have been going there for a while. We have a great company visits lined up. Um, what I enjoy is that it is the largest economy in Latin America. That country, it's actually bordering every single country on the continent except of one. What I enjoy is being there. First, Spanish will not help you. And it's Portuguese only. Uh, currency is uh, very fluctuating. So one day you can go and you buy your can of Coke and next day the price will be different. Just experience that. The companies that we're going to see... Some of them are purely Brazilian, like Kubo Itau or Braskem or Natura. Natura, who recently um, acquired a body shop, which actually everybody was thinking it will be the other way around. But this pure Brazilian company acquired a large international company. We're going to see Embraer, which is a, a airplane maker uh, for a small size um, airplanes. And seeing that production, it's amazing. The other thing that we do there, which uh, it's always really interesting, we're going to see a, a local Sao Paulo uh, soccer club. And sometimes students are saying like, oh, what that has to do with business, you know, it's a soccer. Well, soccer, it's a business in Brazil. And a lot of things are going around because of soccer. We're going to see Corinthians, if anybody is fan there. Um, what it's interesting about it, it's we will be actually talking with the marketing team and the team that is involved with recruiting of very young players, developing them and then selling them to a European uh, soccer leagues. Um, so it's not just walking around the stadium, it's more seeing the business of the soccer club. And then when you go to Rio de Janeiro, it's just beautiful. There is a lot of things going on. And when you compare Sao Paulo, which is very much businesslike, and then you go to Rio de Janeiro, it is like visiting New York City and visiting Los Angeles. I love when we go there and students start making these connections. They start seeing how things work. What is also interesting, um, what we experience in Brazil, you cannot just send an email and hope for the best. No, you have to meet the person in in person. You have to have a couple dinners, um, just talking about kids and hobbies. And after that, you can set up the third dinner and then start talking business. So those are the things that you just need to experience to be there to start understanding. Yeah, I'm excited about the trip. I also get to uh, do a little bit of admissions travel on it. So we're going to have a prospective student event uh, while we're there uh, on the 5th of November. And then I get to go to Santiago, Chile, a place that's been in the news recently. Um, I've uh, never been there before. Um, so a lot of first times for me. So I'll get to relate a little bit to to those students um, who are, are traveling through South America for the first time. I've been to Canada, I've been to Sweden, but nothing quite as quite as exciting as Sao Paulo and uh, Rio. Yeah. 
I am very excited to have you on the trip. Yeah, so we'll be taking the podcast on the road. My hope is to uh, interview some of our students while we're there to try to get the full immersive global residency experience. So this will this will be a first for the podcast. So we'll see if we can <laughs> we can achieve this. So Lottie, what? Um, one last question here. What's your what's your why Darden pitch? I know you interact a lot with students, you know, as they're, as they're choosing their format or sort of thinking through things. Um, when they ask you, you know, why should I come here? What do you tell them? What I will say is Darden will give you the most global experience you can get for executive MBA students. And it also gives you the high touch because we are with you all the way. We are here to support you, to guide you, and to have the absolutely best experience that you can have getting your MBA. That's such a great point. And I think about the global updates that we've been talking about here. So you think about where we've come from as Mm -hmm. a program. So. We previously had a global executive MBA format that had six two-week residencies. We had an executive MBA uh, format uh, that had only one global trip, and everybody went to the same place in China. A few years ago, we integrated the formats to give uh, uh, executive MBA format students more global choice and global executive MBA format students electives and a broader network. Uh, we did that for a little while and then started to look at, listen to student feedback and look at opportunities for even more global experiences. And so that progression from two formats to two very integrated formats, the four global residencies to now a menu that includes as many as 10 to 12 trips. I, you know, I think the big takeaway here is that this is a program can, committed to continuous improvement um, where students very much have a ownership stake and a voice, uh, you know, at the table. Uh, you know, what what should be done? What do you like? What can we do better? Absolutely. And what I what I like about it that we we hear our current students. We make the improvements. It doesn't take us five ten years to do that. We are very quick. Uh, and this global change. It's absolutely fantastic. Our students were telling us we love the global residencies. Can we have more global experiences? So we said yes. That's right. So a little additional reading uh, for those of you who want to uh, look at something after listening to this podcast. Uh, check out the new story that came out uh, in the Darden Report, uh, which is the new site for the Darden School. A um, lot, of, lot of good detail there. Um, we also have a blog post on the admissions uh, blog that should be up by the time this thing airs. So um, check that out. I also did a recent webinar that will be linked in that blog post, just providing an overview of the schedule uh, and structure of our executive MBA program. So if some of this language, leadership res. Residency, weekend residency, distance learning, global residency is new to you. I encourage you to check that out uh, just to learn a little bit more about how all the pieces fit together over the 21 months of our program. Absolutely. And if you have any questions, uh, you can always find me at Lottie at virginia.edu. It's the easiest email, I think, at the university. So feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about our global offerings. So hopefully what you're putting together is Lottie is like Madonna or Prince <laughs> or any of these people that uh, Lottie goes by one one name. So uh, so Lottie, thank you for uh, taking some time out of, out of your morning here to talk more about what's really, I think, truly an incredible story for for our executive format students. Thank you, Brad. I'm glad to be here. And that was my conversation with Lottie Carr, a director with Darden Center for Global Initiatives. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at exec, that's E-X-E-C, MBA at darden.virginia.edu. 
And until next time, thanks for listening.